Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast on this Wednesday in Chicago. Uh, starting off on some slightly not great news today. Uh, unfortunately, with the Bears, a big injury blow. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen with you. Braggs is still, uh, you know, in quarantine. On the shelf. Land or whatever he's doing. The word is worthless. I don't know about that. I mean, no. he's he's been contributing to the company. Has he? Yes, I believe, maybe. I mean, he did a show on Monday night. I think he did a show Monday. I think he did some clips. I'm sure he's tweeted something. I think he tweeted once. This is how I control my hurt that Greg's not here, by just trying to make fun of him because I miss him so much that I don't even know if I can go on, but we'll do our very best to forge ahead without Greg Braggs today. Well, he's in the comments. I mean, perhaps the bigger blow... There's, I mean, there's a few blows. I mean, one is Yannick Ngakwe is out for the year. Two is Greg Braggs is not here. And then three is that, uh, unfortunately, Brian Baldinger is not here today with us either because he uh, had some travel plans get uh, moved around and things like that, which does happen. Baldy's a busy man. He's in eight cities a day. Nobody does more videos in the history of the internet than Baldy. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I, I spent my entire morning watching Baldy videos, and apparently Baldy's not here, but I was super excited for Baldy, and we're just going to move forward without Baldy as well. I watched a video of Baldy doing a video from the broadcast booth in Santa Clara on Sunday, but the video was on the Jets game. It's an amazing job. That's how fast he gets the film. He's already breaking down the Jets film while he's doing a different game. Yeah, and he was amazed and in love with Justin Fields and his cleats, and he wants orange cleats, and he compared him to Michael Jordan. Yes. We were going to have all sorts of fun. Well, because he was also amazed with Brock Purdy, so I stayed up last night watching Brock Purdy film. So we're going to get into that a little bit. I was hoping to talk about Ubaldi, but stuff happens. We totally understand it. He's excused. That's an excused absence. It is not an excused absence for Greg Braggs. Is that it, fair? Uh, no, I, I, think, I think Braggs does get a slight excused absence. This is out of Greg's control. Uh, you know, you could... Look at the fact that every time I've seen Greg for the last four months is that he just looks at me and is like, you're always sick. And then, eh, I'm here. Yeah, that's true. I'm sitting right here. Talking to shit. S- someone's home sick. I don't know. Karma can be a real thing here, but we want Greg to get well because we miss Greg and we love Greg and we want to be like Greg. Okay. How's that? I don't know about that last part. Yeah, but no, I, yeah. Knew it was, I knew I took it too far. <laughs> All right, uh, the big news of the morning, Matt Eberflus, head coach of the Chicago Bears, announcing in his Wednesday morning press conference that Yannick Ngakwe unfortunately broke his ankle on Sunday in that game against the Lions and is out for the season. Um, This happened mid-fourth quarter, I think about seven minutes or so left in the game. Uh, Our guy Nicholas Moriano found the play and tweeted it out earlier. I don't necessarily recommend watching it. Yeah, I almost hurled. Um, But if you'd like to, it's at Nicholas Moriano. Just disclaimer. um, 
hide your children. He doesn't have a real close up on it though. No. I think I think you're okay. No, it's just it's just it's just one of those football injuries that's that's really unfortunate and surprisingly it doesn't happen more. And it, which leads us, I th- I think the first part of this discussion I want to have before we talk about like the X's and O's and how this really affects the Bears. But the Bears have been pretty healthy this year. It's true. And and, and from kind of twofold, one is this type of injury. So I'll just explain it to you. I mean, he got rolled up on by his own teammate. Tremaine Edmonds just trying to make a play. Nobody's fault. Just sort of rolls into him. And unfortunately, his leg awkwardly bends and he's got a broken ankle. Those types of plays happen in football. They're the suckiest type of plays because it's just like, damn, this is just a dangerous game. And at any given point, you just could go down no matter who you are. And that part of the game really sucks. And when everyone wants to see all the best players or all the players really healthy. Um, So the Bears have mostly avoided that I mean this type of catastrophic just injury out of nowhere you could be the Jets where it happened to your quarterback on like the third play of the game in week one um the other part though where I think this is an advantage to the Bears schedule going all the back all the way back to when we broke down the Bears schedule is they've also avoided a lot of these nagging just sort of where your injury report stacks up and gets longer and longer and longer as the season goes along. And I think a lot of that is due to these built-in mini-buys to the schedule. So it's interesting that you say it like that because Matt Eberflus underlined their health coming into the game against the Lions, and he talked about their performance team. Yeah, which I, I'm sure – Oh, I'm not trying to take any credit from them. That, okay. That's fair too. But I am trying to – you know, jot your memory back to training camp when they literally were walking around some days doing these weird Matt Eberflus Bears performance strategy practices that you're like, y'all need to be hitting. Y'all need to be doing more than you're doing. This offense needs to come together. Yeah. And then they started the season slow. Yeah. No, I think that that's all fair. And, but But now, I don't know how much you can draw from that to this, but they have been healthy. Healthy, as far as teams in the NFL go, and Flus underline it, that the way they're going about their business is proving to be the right way to go about their business. Hashtag Flus. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not... I'm not I, I know I'm I, going in a slightly different direction here, but... No, it's, no, no, it's, 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 I think it's a fair direction. I mean, 100%. We go back to August, there was... I, I don't even know how they were having practices with the amount of guys that were just out every day. I mean, for it, and, and none of them seem to have very serious injuries. They were just... Strong Brister didn't see the field. Wasn't Ngakwe one of those guys? Ngakwe was out in, for a while. Ngakwe got here and then didn't didn't practice forever. Like literally half the team wasn't practicing. Yeah. And there was this is our strategy. This is what we're doing. But but that's because, and it goes back to something I said Monday or Tuesday, I'm forgetting which day now. Like Love God floors right. Sand God wasn't practicing. That's a December. Yeah. December is what matters. Yeah. Right? Like that's right. you want to be the healthiest team left in December. Uh, and eventually maybe we can start having more conversations about January too. Um, so I get it. Uh, it's a, it, but it's a double-edged sword because I also do believe that, that that contributed to the terrible start to start the season. It, and, and most notably probably in week one when they just came out completely flat, like they didn't know how to play football against the Green Bay Packers. That was painful. Yeah, no, I look, it'll be an interesting, which we will – 
Maybe Matt Eberflus will invite us at CHGO to be a part of the postseason meetings that the Bears have when they really, you know, do the breakdown of what happened in 2023. I don't know if I'll get invited, but maybe Ho can get in there. Perhaps Braggs. Well, right now I'm a little mad I didn't get invited to the, to the dinner in <laughs> Minneapolis where 70 people got to go to Kevin Warren's house. 70. Great piece by I him, I mean, John. even Braggs didn't get to go to that dinner. Well, but he did get his own dinner with, with Warren. And, yeah, but and not the big one in Minnesota. But if he had been in Minnesota, I think he would have gotten invited. Nick was in Minnesota. Did he get invited? No. What's up with that? Oh, boy. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they don't like CHGO. Well, it's not like they invited the media. Why can't we be above the media? We're not the media. We're like we're the super media. Nick should have gotten an invite. Well, see, that, in that case, I think Bragg should have been the one invited because he's more of our you know meet mayor of Meatball Island, whereas that's Nick true. is our straight media reporter. So. Great piece by Adam Johns. Um, we'll get yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later on the show. But yeah, Johnsy did sit down with Kevin Warren, and um, we'll get into that a little bit. So all right, more of the what this means for the defense. Sure. Yannick Ngakwe up until Montez Sweat, because I'm already seeing some comments like, "Well, this doesn't really matter." Like, well, you're not really paying attention because it does matter. Um, He's been a different player since Sweat got yeah. here. Has he been a top level? NFL pass rusher, no, but he's been put in a much better situation than he was before Montez Sweat got here because it's kind of like thinking about a number one wide receiver versus a number two. Exactly. Right? Like Yannick Ngakwe is not the number one pass rusher on a Super Bowl caliber or even a playoff caliber defense probably. I'd say he's not even the number two, but yes. Well, maybe not, but yeah. but if you can put him back to where he's not getting, where he's getting more one-on-ones, He's going to win one-on-ones in obvious passing situations. And that's why he was signed here in the first place, right? And so since Montez Sweat got here, they've been a good tandem. And it's knocked everyone down a peg where they were probably asking DeMarcus Walker to do too much. They were probably asking those young defensive linemen even inside to have to compensate, you know, for the lack of outside pass rush a little bit too much. And then you put Dominique Robinson, who was like, you know, fringe should even be playing. Well, he's now he's inactive because Monson sweats here. Okay, so you remove one of those guys, you take Yannick Ngakwe out. Who's the number two now? Who's playing more snaps? Dom Rob's now active on game day on Sunday. You and think, it, no. you can't tell me it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters. But I also think, look, the Bears are in a playoff push. I get it. It would be amazing if they could win on Sunday. It's going to be harder now without Yannick Ngakwe. But I am interested in seeing young players get a chance to play. So uh, even if it's Dom Rob, who probably you know is, is on his way out the door, I'm interested to see if he can use being inactive for however many weeks it's been right now to come back and be a different player. I don't, you know, how much, how will they mess with the rotations? Does Demarcus Walker go back outside more? Does does Zach Pickens, Javon Dexter get more run inside? I don't like. There's. Well, I, I think it actually. Yeah, I think Demarcus Walker, like, dude. Yes, you got signed to be this hybrid type guy, but you're gonna have to win more on the outside when you're in those situations because it's Rasheem Green. And then Dominique Robinson. And I would also say, yo, Dom Rob, when you get put in there and maybe he becomes a guy that you sort of use as a pass rush specialist, um, when you get those opportunities in obvious passing situations, you better win. 
Well, and he doesn't have to win the level that he had to win before. There is actual pressure coming from the dude that they paid 60-some-odd million dollars guaranteed and is under contract through 2027 has transformed the defense in Montez Sweat. Yannick Ngakwe, if you go back and look at it, before he came to the Bears and with the Bears, he didn't get his sacks the last every single year, eight, nine a season, which was why we wanted him so bad because he was, in these his last couple of years, because he was blowing by offensive linemen. He was getting him more because he was able to get around the ball. And then when when things started to break down, he, he was able to get to the quarterback some, which is exactly what started happening with Montez Sweat. So can Dominique Robinson and or Demarcus Walker, can they do that? I, I, I like to think that they can. Uh, this was not some elite player. He... Capable, yeah, but, much better. But I, I, you're not. You're not. It's this. I mean, this isn't even anywhere close to like sweat going down. Obviously. Well, yes, but here's here's two things where I do think you're going to see maybe some problems. I mean, defenses. If there's not somebody who can give the Bears what Yannick Ngakwe was giving them, more attention is going to go on Montez Sweat than was already there, and so now he might be facing triple teams, not just double teams. And then and they line them up next to each other, so it's a good point. Yeah, yep. so it's going to make life. So, what does Montez Sweat's production look like these next few weeks? And also, this crazy run of turnover or takeaways the Bears have gotten. Do you know that the Bears um, have the most with eleven? They have the most uh, interceptions, mm-hmm. or is it takeaways? Overall takeaways and interceptions. I forget. Uh, I'll clarify that. One of the two of those. The number's definitely 11 over the last four weeks. I've got it down. Yeah, go ahead. Do you know what the thing about the last four weeks is? What's the thing? They've only played three games. So they have the most in the NFL over four weeks despite playing a whole game fewer than most of them. I mean, some other teams have had bye weeks too, but most of the league has played four games in that stretch. The Bears have only played three. They still lead the whole league. Like So this has been um, a huge run of takeaways that the Bears have been producing. And I'm not saying Yannick Ngakwe was the only reason. Monta Sweat's obviously the biggest reason. But there's still going to be adjustments here. And I can't. I have to imagine that there's at, at least at a minimum going to be somewhat of a stall in this progress this defense has been on. Which is fine because if they can maintain this level, this level's outstanding. But... Let's just hope there's not a huge dip. It's a it's a significant loss. It is. No, I, I'm not saying it isn't. Yeah. I'm just I am, but I am interested in how the Bears will move forward with the opportunity that's going to be available for some of the young guys. Reality is, you're five and eight. You got an eight percent chance if you believe in the playoff predictor from the New York Times of making the playoffs. So it's it, I, I'm. I'm here for it. Let's go. It's double what I saw on uh, Van Pelt the other day. Can I ask a question about that? Because I haven't played around with that. Someone sent me the link. It's kind of a cool tool, it looks like. Um, Is it easy enough that right now you could put in the Bears win their last four games? 62%. So if they win their last four games, it's a 60. Okay, so that's my point. Like no, No one's sitting here being like, everyone's saying the Bears have a real chance if they win out. No, they have a, well, they have a, right. They have a over, whatever. They have a 62% chance if they win out. And, now, and, and what I would say about that 62% is I'm not even sure that 62% is taking into account. Like the Vikings right now have a 67% chance to get in the playoffs. You're telling me with Nick Mullins, they have a 67% chance. Come on. Like, are, are those analytics taking into account who's playing quarterback? Excellent point. They're, that's why when you look at this stuff, it's just based on numbers. It's yes. not based on what's happening. The, but 
here's another way of looking at it. This is what the Bears need this week if we're talking about this for a second. They need the Bengals over the Vikings, okay? Lock. Okay, well, okay, right. Bengals are, well, if Bengals are, I just jinxed that one. Well, the Bengals are three and a half point favorites, so that's actually one that is in the Bears' favor. They need the Broncos over the Lions in Detroit. Wouldn't shock me. The way the Lions have been playing, those are two different teams. Russ Cook, baby. Fair enough, fair enough, but Detroit's a four point favorite. They need the Buccaneers. Why do they need the Lions to lose? Just for tiebreaker scenarios, it's it's better if Detroit. It's this is that. Yeah, yeah I guess it's better if Detroit loses. Okay, it's, it's not the thing they need the that most. That doesn't seem like the most important one. But oh, okay. okay, they need the Buccaneers yeah. over the Pack in Green Bay. Who do you like? Yeah, that's gonna be tough. Packers are a three and a half point favorite. They need the. It would be it so. Would, is that because they need the Bucks to win that? I think I said that on the show the other day. I think the best case scenario is is that the Bucks or Saints win that division because the Bears will lose the head to head tiebreaker. Against those teams, right? The, they want to be in a head-to-head tiebreaker against the Falcons, I'm not, because I'm, they'll have beaten the Falcons. Admittedly, I haven't gone through every single yeah. scenario, but the okay. way this was written, this okay. Buccaneer. Well, hey, no, yeah. no problem rooting against the Packers. That's for sure. There you go. So, Packer three and a half point favorite. They need the Panthers over the Falcons. Carolina's at home. No, we don't. We don't want the Panthers to win. I don't know about that one. Well, <laughs> I would. Right. Ra- I would I, that that see this is where this gets tricky. <laughs> what are your interests? You, you'd, you, you'd rather ensure that Carolina loses. So let's, I, I, this is where I want to play around with that a little bit because I'd much rather have the Falcons win this week and then just beat the Falcons head to head in a couple weeks. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But if if we are taking it, the Carolina only wins one more game. It, it, they're I got to put that one on my to do list because that's actually a huge question: is who Bears fans should root for in that game? Carolina's a three point underdog at home. You need the Giants over the Saints on the road. Tommy DeVito again. Tommy Cutlass, baby. NFC Player of the Week. That is the biggest bullshit that's happened in I, the history of the NFL. I, I don't mean that literally. But I, you, I, I, got, I went to bed having watched Brock Purdy film last night and woke up to Tommy DeVito being NFC Player of the Week. And I wanted and to throw Wilson. my computer through a window. Do you know who the AFC Player of the Week was? Zach Wilson. Yes. Nightmare. Well, I don't even have a quibble with that. I don't know who else would have been in the AFC. I'm just worried about the NFC. But I think there's no possible way. I watched that game from start to finish on Monday night. There is no way that Tommy DeVito was better than Brock Purdy. I have no argument for you, but Tommy DeVito's a... Tommy DeVito... Tommy... Tommy Cutlets is a great freaking story, and he made some incredible plays. Give him his props. the agent as well. I think that played into the uh, Player of the Week thing. That, That... you know what played into the player of the week thing? The NFL offices are in New York, and they were like, oh, this would be a too good story if the two NFL uh, teams in New York who have had terrible quarterback situations this year, we somehow both won player of the week in the same day. Let's announce that this morning. Yeah, well, that's what went into that Bottom decision. line is, listen, they, they beat Green Bay. Thank you. We'll take it. I don't <laughs> care who won the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Great. Okay, Congratulations. So, so we need the Giants to beat who? The Saints on the road. Saints are a six-point favorite. Six points? Uh, they must because they've got this to... guy, Derek Carr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Po- they were just six-point dogs to the Packers at home. How'd that play out? All right, you want to make the bet? Go ahead, take the... I don't know if I want to make the bet that they're going to win the game, but six points seems like a lot. I mean, I think the Saints are a touchdown better than the Giants at home, but we'll see. Well, yeah, your quarterback is unbelievable. The guy's unbelievable. He's having a great year. Uh, we, we we could use the Commanders over the Rams. In a... In, in LA, I'm just pointing out that these are every single one of these games for the most part that the Bears really need the team that they need to win. Why would they need the Commanders to beat the Rams? The Rams have six wins. 
Oh, wait, that, yeah, okay. Your Derek Carr thing's frying my brain right now. You're right. Yes, the Rams need I'm sorry. Yes, the Rams, Rams are six and a half. I'm sorry. I, I heard that. My brain don't worry about processed it. what never, you're saying differently. I've, I've never been there. Rams are <laughs> six and a half point favorite. Uh, and then you need the Eagles over the Seahawks. Okay. Lock. Which is fine. But the Seahawks are at home. It's and not, It's not a lock, but it's, it's not. And Philly's playing bad. Yeah. Seattle's at home. I think they that's are, a get-right game for. They, they are, I think that's a get-right game for the Eagles. It's that's what it feels like to me too. Yeah. The Seahawks are so a four-point underdog at home. Okay, I'm just pointing out that like you need if, now, but you don't need all of that. You don't. Those are just you don't. You don't. But it, it, it's 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 a steep climb. There, there, steep there, climb. Look, there's definitely a world, especially if the Bears don't win this week, where they're still alive in Week 18. They go into that game knowing. They have to beat the Packers, and they need, like, eight other things to go the exact right way. I'm trying to think, though, The was it the Packers who had that situation a few years ago? There was some team that needed, like, literally all six results to go a certain way, and, it did, and the Bears kind of had that in 2020 when they got in this the last week. Where they lost to the Packers and then everything else fell their way and they still got in. But this was there. I'm trying to think. This definitely happened a few years ago with some team. I think it was the Packers, maybe. Where like everything went like six things went their way on the last week and they got in. I would sign up right now for a scenario. If you could t- if checkbox, play it out or sign up for a scenario. Six things need to go right on the last week of the season, yeah. but the Bears are in it. I will I, I'll check that box right I'm now. I'm in. Let's go. I'll drive to Lambo. I'll I will let's let's go into the noon kickoff. In a warm place during the game and watch it. <laughs> I heard a rumor that we're going to go up there and do the show pregame outside of uh, in the parking lot. No, yeah. no, That's I don't know who's definitely not for that rumor up. But thank you for sharing. Why, why can't we get that done? Well, we can. I don't when want the to be show's outside. not going on. <laughs> Matthew Campbell, four ninety nine. Do they bring him back next year? Isn't he on a one year contract? Of course, this is in uh, in I'm, reference to Yannick Ngakwe. I'm glad you brought that up, Matthew. Go ahead, Hogue. Why don't you answer that question? He is yes on a one year contract. Um, so he is uh, an ex- an expiring uh, free agent or will be free agent. I don't know. If th- that's an interesting question. I don't know. Th- I have a feeling Yannick Ngakwe might be like. To compare him to somebody else from this past offseason, Yannick Ngakwe, where he sits out there for a while and kind of waits for the best next one year situation. I don't think he's necessarily a priority for the. I mean, you got to figure out Jalen Johnson. You got to figure maybe you can find a really good edge rusher in the draft. Right, let me be a little bit more bold. There's no way Yannick Ngakwe is coming back. I would I would bet. I don't would say no way. Of course there. Of course there's a way. But I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, I'll make the bet right now. What odds would you? Then like? Why did you say there's no way? Because he ain't coming back here. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 I, I mean, he's just not. There. You. We saw enough of Yannick Ngakwe at the beginning of the year, uh, for what he did at the end of the year in the time that he stayed healthy. It's not going to be enough for yeah, Ryan. We also Pol- saw him with Montez Sweat, and if you can bring him back for like half of what you paid him this year, because that's the market. I'm not, I'm just saying I I I'm with you. I don't I would I, I I'm I'm picturing Yannick Ngakwe being a great average uh, Green Bay Packer next year. You know, like uh, yeah. If I'm <laughs> if I'm betting, I'm just telling you I think he's I think he's played his last game in a bear uniform. Thank okay. you for your service. You didn't embarrass the team unlike two of the coaches this year. So congratulations and uh you looked a whole lot better with sweat. I wish 
I'm speaking as the Bears right now. I wish we would have put you in a better position for success, and maybe that will be something for you to run into in your future in the NFL, but it's not going to be here because we're going to be going with younger players, and we're hopefully getting a very impact guy to play alongside Montez Sweat on the other side because we're trying to go to the playoffs and do damage, and you're not it. Thank you. You're welcome. Sincerely. I think you're being a little harsh. Am I? Come on. Hang on. I, we got some, uh, by the way, there's some big Browns news that's been coming in here, too. Really? That is the team. They, well, they've, they're, they're, they're having injured. some. They're very injured. So uh, safety Grant Delpit is out for the year, I believe. I saw some of that in the comments, and I'm looking at Twitter right of, now. A lot of comments about guys that are injured. Okay. And then um, Jake Trotter. Yeah, Ogbo Okaranko. Yeah, their defensive end. Gary calling it more bad news. Wouldn't that be good news? I'm confused why he's calling that bad news. I mean, he's definitely a backup for them. I mean, Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith are their starters, but um, he has four and a half sacks this year. Oboe, they call him. So starting safety, third defensive end. You can always tell how how important they are uh, based on the – the responses on Twitter. Um, yeah, Browns fans seem upset. <laughs> and there's a very inappropriate video that also popped up. That tends to happen, too, when you look at the uh, brand new, what do we call this, X? It's just still Twitter. No, it's it's Twitter. We're never calling it X on this show. Okay. Um, hit the like button if was, you want to call it Twitter. Thank you very much. Yeah, hit. If you think it's Twitter, please hit the like button. And if you think it's X, also hit the like button. Yeah, I'm with Smash. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Smash Complex, who's like almost a thousand viewers, but barely a hundred likes. Weird ratio, guys. I no, agree, thanks for Smash. being here. We're having fun I today. Agree. Um, I do Not have some more. like buttons. People say, "Why do you have to hit the like button?" You don't have to, but you help us out because, um, just like Twitter, YouTube, there's algorithms. There's Analytics. Yeah, because, yeah, if people are liking the video, them. then other people are served the video. And, and the, you know, across the YouTube universe, it's a, it's a very helpful It's actually place. a huge shout-out to Twitter in the chat. There will always be the Sears Tower and always be Twitter. Damn right. Same thing. Also, by the way, also shout-out to the fat man who's not listening to the podcast today live but is listening afterwards because he's got classes at the ITIL. And I'm paying attention to Discord because... I love my Discord people who have been supporting me greatly. So, sorry you're missing it live today, buddy. But the fat man will be back. Is that someone's real name? He goes by almost smarter than in parentheses, the fat man. Okay, I thought you were talking about someone else. (laughs) (laughs) I was confused. (laughs) That's, 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 I shouldn't laugh that hard. Well, who, you don't even know who I was talking about. By the way, uh, oh, speaking think, of Sears Tower. I, you're right. I don't. <laughs> speaking of Sears <laughs> no Tower, I, I recently had my first slip up on that, and I, it ruined my day. You called it the Willis? So I forget the context or why it came up. I think it was when I was in Austin. I think it was when I was in Austin, and I was talking to somebody, and, for, and they're not from Chicago, and I was just like, I was like, maybe they th- don't know that the it used to be called Sears Tower. I don't know. I was just trying to justify it in my head, and I called it the Willis Tower. You're fired. I know. <laughs> Jake. I'm fired from being a Chicagoan. That's rough. Next thing you know, there's going to be ketchup on That's some That's way oh, worse. Come on. Speaking of that. Oh, no. Oh, this actually made me angry. There is a hot dog place at Navy Pier. 
Yes, I went to Navy. Wow, I'm really turning into suburbanite. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went to ha- Navy. I pier? hadn't been a Navy Pier in I'm in ten years at least. The kids wanted to go to the Children's Museum. My wife wanted to take them there. The grandparents were there too. That's, That's adorable. That's yeah. all we did there. We went to the Children's Museum, but I was hungry. Um, it was that day they came in here. You guys saw them. They all came in here, and then we went over to Navy Pier, went to the Children's Museum. Okay. I was hungry, so I'm like, I'm going to go find some food. I go downstairs. There's a hot dog joint down there. Right on their menu, the first thing is a Chicago hot dog. Okay, I'm in Chicago. They ha- literally have a menu item called Chicago Dog. I order that. I'll take uh, I'll take a Chicago dog, please, just like every other hot dog stand I've ever ordered a Chicago dog in. Comes with literally all the right toppings. It's a Vienna beef hot dog, poppy seed bun, everything's cut the right way, and there's fucking ketchup on it. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. That, that's, um, did you throw it at the person who made it? I didn't throw it because I, you know, didn't want to. Did you say be, something? I didn't want to go viral. Yes, I, I, I took it back up there, and I said, um, this is a Chicago dog. There's not supposed to be ketchup on it. And you go, oh, well, then in the – because it was one of those places you have a touchscreen, you got to order yourself, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But there, there's an option there for which toppings you don't want, you know, like hold the ketchup. And she said, oh, well, you have to put it in there as don't put ketchup on there. And I was like, it's fucked up. okay, now we have an argument. Whoever just put in the chat, call the police is correct. The police should be called. Well, now we have a legitimate argument because I should not have to specify no ketchup on a Chicago dog. (laughs) You should be kicked out of Navy Pier right away. Your whole business. Goodbye. Get out of here. Yes. That is messed up. That is that is upsetting. (laughs) It is. I don't want to be too hyperbolic here. I would never do such a thing. But come on, man. You're at Navy Pier. You are trying to set the an example for the entire city to those who are visiting from all around the world. And you do that. It's just an unfair representation. I guarantee you that's why they probably ha- automatically put the ketchup on because most of the people there are probably just tourists and they're probably like, wait, there's no ketchup on this? Ugh, this makes like, me, this no, is very then upsetting. order a f- your yeah. own hot dog with your own ketchup on it. Like, I'm, this isn't even a don't put ketchup on your hot dogs thing. This is a, if you're in Chicago and you have a business and you serve Chicago dogs, that you do not serve them with ketchup on it. It's ridiculous. Ugh. I'm more angry about this than the Derek Carr thing Monday. That's like... I'm trying uh, to think. Yeah. No, no I am. You're not. You didn't walk off the set. You didn't... This is... this is You're, you're much more calm about this, or at least you've calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> Monday, you left the set over Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah. I should have ta- left the building in hindsight. I've never... I, I, I continue to... You know, as I sleep at night, I continue to roll over that one. I said Derek Carr over Justin Fields. He got up and walked off the set. <laughs> the worst part is I went back and listened to the podcast. You have no idea I left the set on the pod. Because you said something else that brought me right back so fast we that I had to argue about Tyson Bajan that, like, it doesn't even sound like I left. At that moment, you mooned everybody. and I did, yeah. It was great. Well, my pants were still on. That's least, true. But it was, it was uncomfortable. Unlike when I took off my pants on the show and Law freaked. As if I wasn't wearing anything underneath. Remember that one? It's so weird. That was so awkward. Inappropriate. <laughs> you didn't need to do that. Hey, are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, we have great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Fox Lake, is making room on their lot for incoming 2024 vehicles. I was up there uh, over the weekend. 
their lot's full. They got to get rid of these cars. They got 2024s coming in. They got to get rid of what's on their lot right now. That means you'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock during their limited time wrap up the year sales event for a limited time. Get up to 15% off on new 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokees with dealer discounts. Car I drive. I love my Jeep Grand Cherokee. I got the third row in mine. Go check these out. What they've done with the Cherokees are awesome. Ray CDJR's got a bunch of them right now, and you can take advantage of the fact that they got to get them gone. You'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories at Ray CDJR and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect. Thanks to Ray's Price Promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. But that's not all just for listening. You can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at RayCDJR slash service. Hurry in. You must book before December 31st, 2023. Again free oil change. Just mention CHO, you get your free oil change. Go check it out before the end of the month. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com. Serving the community since 1963. And it is getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. By the way, they have those at Racy DJR, but uh, it is getting easier to switch to electric vehicles. That's something that we can all get behind, team, for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it, Adam Hogue. Yes, the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that makes sense. So why don't you tell me what business owners out there who are looking to take advantage of this, what should they do? It's very easy. Go to comment.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, do not wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business. Good for the planet. Good for all of us. Go to comment.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Yeah, go now. See how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Thank you to our friends at Comed. Um, and to especially our- the younger generations like uh, Nicholas Moriano. That's right. We're looking out for Nick. We're looking out for James Hogue. We're looking out for Livy. We're looking out for everybody I hear at CHGO. Damn it. Look right. at him. Hi, Nick. Nick, what did you do to Yannick Ngakwe? <laughs> I, I did not do anything to Yannick Ngakwe, but Tremaine Edmonds sure did, you guys. On, what, about 7.45 left in the fourth quarter. It was a run play to Dave Montgomery that picks up 11 yards. Tremaine Edmonds got he got blocked pretty well, and so did Yannick. And Tremaine Edmonds just fell right into his left ankle, immediate pain. But, yeah, I heard you guys talking about you know, the impact of Yannick Ngakwe maybe didn't have the best stats on the season, but you can definitely tell when Montez Sweat got here, he was playing a little bit better. But now you're just relying on a lot of the guys below him. Uh, to Marcus Walker, who we thought initially was going to be, you know, their, their premier pass rusher before Ngakwe got here. Obviously, Sweat got here, so you need to rely on him. And a guy like Dominic Robinson, you guys, uh, Matt Eberflus, when he was asked about who's going to be the, the next guy to kind of step up, 
who's actually Dom Rob that he mentioned first. And that's a guy that hasn't played since the, the Raiders game. So it's unfortunate because this Bears defense has been playing really well. The takeaways have obviously been going up and, you know, and Gakwe was a part of that, but now they'll obviously be without him for the rest of the year. It's interesting that he said Dom Rob, uh, would, when you were looking at the flus as he's delivering this news, Nick, did he seem like a depressed flus or was he already a moving on flus? No, I think uh, initially it, it looked like that it did uh, hurt him to say that he was going to, you know, end his season. But he was a little critical of uh, Yannick Ngakwe, like right not too, you know, too much further into the press conference. He asked how did he do, and he mentioned what he had four sacks, but he could have been better. He, he missed some early on, had guys, and could have brought them down. And I think we can all, if we all go back and remember some of those games from Ngakwe, there were opportunities where he did beat his man one-on-one but just didn't finish the play. So I think the Iberflus, regardless if you're still active or on IR, he's going to keep it real with you. The Flusy Truths. It's going to be a novel after the season. Jalen needs to, after he gets a pick. Yeah, but the way he, you know, he returned, it wasn't great, which last week Johnson was like, okay, fine. I'm going to take this thing to the house and nearly lost the football. By the way, that was high-level football stuff we never really talked about. Which part? They set up a wall return on the interception, and you're supposed to get get to the sideline, take the wall. Do you know who tackled him? Do you remember the play? Are you talking about the one where he fumbled or this other one from a couple weeks ago? one where he fumbled. Who fumbled? Brown. Jay- yeah. Amon Rock came back and got Jalen. I'm talking about Jalen. Yeah. yeah. Also, it was fourth down. He maybe should have dropped it. Just saying. Not that a guy with a contract would do that, but. Back to know. Nick. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Uh, Nick, I also heard you ask Flus about um, what we've been talking about here for a couple of days now. Jaquan Brisker's comments um, about protecting Justin Fields. Uh, what did you. I'll let you reiterate what your exact question was and, and just what you think about Flus's response. Yeah, I just asked Matt Eberflus what else can be done uh, to ensure Fields is being protected like, you know, some of the other quarterbacks in the league. And I mentioned that Jaquan Brisker had some really strong words in, uh, you know, being displeased with how they're not getting flags for some of the runs and hits that he's been taken. And Eberflus's answer, I, I think people will find issues with it. He said, we're going to continue doing what um, we have been doing and turn in plays to educate both sides and, when, you know, Justin declares himself down, he should be down and there shouldn't be a hit to the head or shoulder. That shouldn't be um, something that, you know, obviously happens. But that's all really you can do, Iberflus said. But you also visit before the game and during the game to stress it to the officials. And, like, when I asked that question, obviously, I, you know, I was kind of thinking that he'd give that, that type of answer. But I think a lot of people bears fans want to see just some more emotions on the sidelines like him being uh really displeased with one of these hits that you know fields has taken because obviously you know it seems like there is more of an incentive for these defenders to really lay it on fields but i obviously they're sending in these plays but i think it's how you present yourself in the exact moment when it happens that can really send a statement not just to obviously Fields and his rest of his teammates, but also to the people that are watching at home. Like, where's Flus at? Why isn't he displeased with this? So it was an answer that I was kind of expecting, but um, I I wonder with these last four games, you guys, if we just see a little bit more emotions from Iberflus when and if Justin Fields takes those uh, close calls that maybe should uh, warrant a flag for him. I know he was also asked, Nick, uh, with Fields, 
about how Justin is playing. Can you relay to us what he said about his actual play on the field? Yeah, and he was asked too, like, where have you seen, you know, growth from Justin Fields? And he mentioned, you know, just in his pocket presence. That was the first thing that he mentioned. His pocket presence is better. His rhythm and timing is better. Um, once he starts to create plays with his legs, he's not just taken off. He's looking downfield to assess his options on these plays and ultimately taking care of the football too. He said a perfect game for the quarterback is zero turnovers and he can attribute less, you know, interceptions by just being mindful of it. You guys, he said they visit before the game uh, about the turnovers and then they visit on Saturdays and just kind of talk about the importance of not giving the ball away and just knowing that if you don't do that, you know, you're going to give this, this bears team an opportunity to win games. One interception in his last five starts. Sir Justin. Yeah, no, he's been he's been better uh, protecting the ball, at least in the air. Three fumbles. Fumbles are still mm-hmm. got to get a little bit better. But, um, yeah, uh, anything else from, from Floos this morning that we should hit on? Yeah, so he was asked about his philosophy with the coin toss, you guys. When, it's Floososophy. You know, the, Come on, Nick. Yeah, sorry, that, that's, that's, a, that's, a low, that's a low fun me. Um, he was asked about it, like what's kind of like the mindset of why you do what you do, take the ball and start on offense. And he says he visits the game management guy, Harry, first starts with that. But then you decide what is base, you decide um, what, they're, what he's going to do based on the strength of the opponent. How are they in terms of their opening drives, whether it's on offense or defense, a factor in the win. A lot of different factors go into – you know, the decision being made there, but he was also asked Eva Flus a follow-up question, like, what about the double double dip, basically, back at the, you know, end of the first half, start of the second half? And he said there's really no analytics to justify that. It's all about execution, creating opportunities for yourselves, and, you know, stopping the opponent and using the timeouts um, to your benefit. So I, I know that the Bears have actually been pretty good when they take the ball on their opening kickoff and that's kind of the reason why there's a bunch of different factors that go into it but they do like doing that and it's also going to depend on the opponent and a bunch of other factors well look when you've been very good on opening drives to start games and I think it's pretty proven the Bears play better when they have a lead most teams do um I get it I mean Take take the ball, get the lead. I mean, I I understand the logic. Loose genius? Are we going loose genius? Well, I mean, the downside is what could happen before and after halftime. Now, analytically, if we're just talking about you know the math involved, there's not necessarily like you can try to double dip at halftime, but you're not guaranteed that the clock at the end of the second quarter is going to work the way you want it to. You're only guaranteed that you get the ball coming out of halftime. So it's not a guarantee just because you defer to start the game that you're going to be able to double dip at halftime. And you can argue when you have a good defense, you have just as good of a chance to to prevent the other team from double dipping. So I, I definitely understand, like, from an analytical standpoint, the logic there. I think it depends, and this is probably what Flus is saying, what his team is. And right now, they're very good on their first drive. So go for it. Take the ball, take the lead. They're 3-1 they're and one for the record in games that they have decided to take the ball first when they've won the toss. So that speaks to the Flus. There they've, you go. Got, they've got five touchdowns on their first possession of the game, uh, which is fifth in the league. Niners are the best with eight. Seahawks, Broncos, Ravens with six. So, Flus is following what's working. Hashtag Flus. Hashtag Flus genius. Look, the Flus is a genius, and we just got to accept this. (laughs) 
Yeah, law. You shaking your head behind the scenes. Flus hater you. Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys, too, he's also like, I feel in this win streak, his personality has kind of opened up a little bit. He had another funny moment today when he was asked, how are you going to compensate with the Ngakwe loss? And he'd immediately say, blitz every snap. And everyone kind of starts laughing in the media room. But I think, you know, there's there's a good vibe. Yeah, it's there's, like, there's, there's, but, the vibes are good. Hold on. When he does that, does everyone laughs? That's what happened? It got a good laugh out of the media. Yeah, it a, got a chuckle. A, you, did you chuckle? I guarantee you Pat Finley laughed. He was I in the first row right I think so, yeah. <laughs> Finley is. They got so a chuckle good. out of me, though. I mean, I literally could do a sixty-minute pot on Finley, um, <laughs> and and that room in general. But this is now we got funny flus. We got we got comedian flus. We got the flusy flus and the funny flus. The man is just he's just settling into his flusness. We you better. <laughs> this guy is the, he is turning into the flusiest flus flus confident flus. Funny flus, serious flus. My favorite flus was the jacked out of his mind flus at the owners' meetings this year. Remember that one? Yeah. Wearing that tight tee, that, that size yeah. Nick t-shirt. <laughs> got to show off the muscles he, if you have them. He benched me with his eyeballs. He, well, there, there you <laughs> go. He looked at me and I went up and down. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm straight intimidated by Flus, but I think that <laughs> Flus and I actually are getting closer. All right, Nick, speaking of Flus and Flusosophies, I actually, the last <laughs> question, uh, which Herb Howard, our guy, asked, um... I like this. He asked, you know, I don't know if you have the exact question in front of you, but it was essentially like, I don't know, do things feel different now that you've sort of gotten over the hump? And I, I really appreciated his answer, even though it was kind of a boring answer. Yeah, he Herb Howard, great question, asked, feel better? Like, do you feel better about what you're doing now? Now that the winds are, are starting to show up here and – Ibraflu said, "You got to stay ready and have to. You have to have a foundation for what you believe in, and that's what he said they brought to Chicago. So staying right there in the moment. And he said this. He said this phrase a couple of times now. Uh, stay present where your feet are. And so, and I think you know Ibraflu really does believe in that, you guys. And you do hear guys still in the locker room talk about the hits principle and how they're still believing in that. And that's what's kind of." allowing them to run to the football and put themselves in position to make plays. But he's a really big believer in, you know, what he's brought here and kind of sticking the course. And now you're seeing some wins come from it. And I think that always can validate anything that you're trying to believe. in. if you get that, the basically the only result that matters is the win at the end of the end of the game. Well, cause the reality is if you're, if your message during that terrible four game you know, stretch to start the season is, you know, that you're not panicking and everything's the same and we're just going to come in, we're going to keep doing our business, do things right, things will be right, all that all that messaging. Well, it can't change when all of a sudden you win two games in a row. Like, you got to come back in there, this, you know, team meeting today, and like, cool, won two games in a row. Same process this week. Got a huge game on Sunday. You know, we haven't arrived. Like, that. it, it can't all of a sudden be like, oh, we feel better because we won a couple of games. So, I, I, in all seriousness, it was kind of a boring answer to a good question, but, like, I still appreciated the answer. Agreed. And can we, Law, can we throw up a poll real fast here? Oh, I've got a poll going about uh, the name of the uh, tallest building in the city of Chicago. It's That's a good well. poll. Can we do one more poll? What, what, what's the results in the – what's the exact 
Uh, we've got 92% sane people, and 8% of the people are not not. They're the saying right it's the Willis Tower, the 8%? I didn't even say it. I said the new name. Oh. I voted for the Sears Tower, so just you know, vote, putting it out. Like, yeah. uh, I, I just want to, like, the fan base, and I know it's a week-to-week league, but it is pretty amazing how quickly everyone is getting on the Flues train. Oh, yeah. Like, if you were to vote right now, are you comfortable with Matt Eberflus being the Bears coach in 2024? A, yes, B, no. I think that comes out at 63% Flus, which last week it would have been 2% Flus, 8% Flus, uh, something along those uh, lines. So what is it? Are you comfortable with him coming back in 2024? Yeah. The, okay. yeah. I, I, I could change that. Well, up. remember, Carm, and Nick, you'll probably remember this too. Like, I remember talking about this in the offseason and being like, you do know if they lose to the Packers in week one, the honeymoon's over. And there's going to be people yeah. wanting people fired just like that. Yeah. And I remember you being like, no, just because I want. Yes. Now, well, the way it happened, the way it happened, obviously mm-hmm. contributed to that 100 percent. But I, I could not believe with everything that had happened in the offseason, this was the most positive place of all time. Yeah. And then they come out and lose 38 to 20. And it was like we were mid actually late naggy. That's what it felt like. It, it was, I, I was, I, my head was spinning. I didn't know. I couldn't believe how much it turned. All right. The new polls. Yeah, it, All right, cool. Go ahead. Nick. Be happy. Oh no, I'm going to vote right now. Um, yeah, actually like this is still a tough question. You guys, I mean, obviously they're right in the highs right now of this win, but if they come out flat against Cleveland, like it's going to go right back to where it was before the win against Minnesota. So it's, it's a, it's a polarizing topic, but I think, because how the defense is playing, obviously you get some some victories here. December football is meaningful right now. So that's going to lead into, I guess this uh, not done with Matt Eberflus kind of stage that we're in right now. So it's it's going to be an interesting question. I'm curious what the, the votes are going to be on here. I mean, Getsy's approval rating is probably in the 20s, but Flus is way at least 50, I would say. It's still time for Getsy to come back. Mm-hmm. Hey man, people want to kill Getzy, but he had some moments in the Lions game that uh, were impressive. So, all right, Nick, anything else before we let you go? No, that's about it, you guys. Uh, we had a little schedule change, so locker room's going to be a little earlier than it usually has been. So make sure you're following uh, myself and checking out allchshow.com for any written work. And yeah, you know where to tune in to get all your best Bears coverage. So I'll see you guys next time. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Nick. Great stuff, Nick. Nicholas Moriano over there at Hallis Hall. And meanwhile, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. Well, that was loud. Sorry about that. Oktoberfest, the Beer Hug family, 312, Full Pocket Pills, Blackhawks, Pale Ale. Probably my favorite of that bunch. They're all really good. Grab Ultra Fresh Brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's Original. Brew house on Clyburn Avenue and Lincoln Parker from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. When I'm not at CHGO, the only place I really want to be at is Midtown Athletic Club, one of their four Chicago land locations Palatine in the Northwest, Burbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, which I've been kind of living at, uh, Willowbrook in the Southwest suburbs, and of course, Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel. In the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park, where Greg Braggs just had a luxurious stay with his lovely wife, Jenny, and 
Hopefully the hotel is still in operation after Braggs was there, but it's a, it's a <laughs> beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, by the way, Midtown Palatine is going under a multi-million dollar transformation place. It's going to be incredibly sick. Uh, something for everyone, single people, families with kids, people looking to make the old lifestyle change, holistic wellness, had a delicious, healthy bowl with chicken and edamame and all the healthy stuff that you would that just made me feel all energized for my day. Uh, the, the locker rooms are incredible. Saunas, steam, outdoor pool. Even in the wintertime, Hogue's out there taking a swim with oh, yeah. steam coming off his back, looking like Mark Spitz in his prime. There's the name. Uh, yoga, boxing, solid, solid cycling. Reference. Yeah, I, I, got, I know, yeah. I'm a, I'm okay. a, oh, there's, there's a 0% chance that Nick knows who Mark Spitz is. No, 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 not at all. Somebody, come on, Mark Spitz. We, we, we're with you. Who's the, who's the new guy? I mean, Phelps would be the yeah, Michael, Michael Phelps. Phelps. Who's he's, the he's, new guy? Who's the, the most guy. decorated Olympian of all time? Uh, Caleb Dressel is back. Swimmer. You know, come on. Bro. It's not even a sport. It's just an activity. Wow. Ooh, I just got in the I just got that that took a turn. Let's get back to Midtown Athletic Club. Best tennis courts and programming in the in the country. I'm in their tennis class on Thursday nights out of Bannockburn. I, I seriously my love. Talk about not a sport. You will calm down right well, now hey, with that comment. Yeah, the Joker uh, uh, piece on 60 Minutes was yeah. pretty good. Did you watch that? that it was incredible. Very good. Yeah. Did I, you I, watch got it? A, I got a lot, lot no, more respect. I only watched sports. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Hogue. <laughs> hey. Well, it, well, you knocked me. What was I doing at 920 this morning? I didn't knock you. I said I saw steam coming off the back at of your... 9.20 this morning, I was swimming laps. Good. Congratulations. Okay. And then you went on a whole rant about how swimming's not a sport. You were, yeah, it's an activity. I didn't even claim that it was. It's an, it's an activity. If it's in the Olympics, it's an Olympic sport. Activity. Head over to midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more. Tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. And hey, join on up. Let's hang out. I'd love to play some tennis with you. Love my friends in Midtown. <sighs> Christian 312, law should have a water gun to keep cram in line. <laughs> I like it. That would be good. Or a taser. Okay. Uh, I'm not the one that needs to be kept in line around here. Let's continue on. You want to talk about Jalen Johnson or Super Chat what, Love? What time or, did you find out Baldy wasn't on the show today? Okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 Was in here at 930 prepping, just, just, just reading it. the wrong show. For the wrong show. My performance on this show has been elite. This has been a good show. And, I, e yeah. and even Goat Cage would admit it, along with Bear Forever and Kevin Majajewski and Donovan Walker. Damn it. Yeah, yeah just, let's get some supers here. Goat Cage. My guy. Four ninety nine. I'm just curious if Fields doesn't have a spectacular game. Will Karm kill him even against the number one ranked defense? You know what? Okay, Goat Cage, I'm gonna t I, I want to talk to you, and I want to talk to... Bob, my guy over at the United Center, you don't like Justin Fields. You don't even like the Bears. We could also put up um, Braggs' uh, comment from a few minutes ago, too, um, on this topic. While Carm's talking. All right. Uh, again, Stand with Fields was started by me. I've said a thousand times on this show that I think Justin is a first-class dude who is an excellent representation of the Bears. I've also said that I think he's a top 15 quarterback Bears fans want to fight on that they want to be top five uh you know that to me that's not the least bit of an insult and 
Uh, yes, I was Ty Curious. Remain Ty Curious. Happy that we found a backup. By the way, you can all tell, you can all remind everybody that Karma's right on that call. Thank you very much. And let me throw another thing out there. I've said that I, this offseason, whatever Ryan Poles does, trade fields, keep fields. I'm putting my trust in Ryan Poles, baby. He's got to make this decision. It's an incredibly tough decision, and the only reason why it's a tough decision is because they got the they're going to have the number one pick in the draft, and that is a tough decision. So get off me on my hate fields and not a Bears fan or whatever it is. It's a, it's a ridiculous take, and I take offense to it. Braggs in the stand says, Carm loves Bajan, loves Getze, loves Carr, <laughs> hates fields. Okay, Carm hates Braggs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Bear Forever 14, $20. I find it hilarious that three days after getting embarrassed by the Bears, Lions fans go right back to chirping at us like they've won four straight Super Bowls or something. Unbelievable. Hashtag <laughs> shut up, Don Burr. It is a, it's a fair call, Bear Forever. Yeah, okay, fine. You've, you're you're going to be in the playoffs. That's all you've done. Let's... Let's not let's not puff the chest out too far, Detroit. I hear you. There are definitely teams that have. Remember the remember the Jaguars a couple of years ago. That like was it still under Doug Marone? I mean, like they had a with uh, Blake Bortles. They were in the AFC Championship game, and then like before you knew it, they were back to being the Jags real fast. And when you have that ownership up there, I'm going to bet that they're going to become the Lions again real fast. They'll find their way. Um, which. They could, yes. they could say back at the Bears, too. Yes, uh, they could. And, who, and, who are five and, eight. and it would be correct. But that, but the ch- the difference is, we just hired Kevin Warren. We have a new structure. We, things are different up at Hallis Hall. Speaking, Go read Adam Johns' piece. Speaking of Kevin, Kevin Majewski, $5. I don't know if you all talked about this yet, but the Browns are falling apart. No starting tackles. Their defense is falling apart. They do have a lot of injuries this week. Without a doubt, Donovan Walker, 499. Browns fans and podcasts seem to be scared to play off Sunday, and they're scared that this is the Fields Revenge Tour. We are coming for you. That's right, Donovan Walker. Browns fans are scared for a reason. Well, I will say this, and I have not listened, I have not sampled the uh, Cleveland uh, view of things yet this week, but that was definitely a thing last week. Like, you could tell that the Lions, uh, the we talked to Nick Baumgartner and Hogan Johns last Tuesday, so like early in the week. And like, you worried about this game? Yes, 100%. These two teams are going in opposite directions. Now, I don't necessarily think the Browns are like going in some bad direction, but they have a lot of adversity. They're, they're, they have plenty of injuries. I don't think it's an easy game at all. I definitely, I definitely, at this point last week, was more confident in the Bears beating the Lions than I am now about the Bears beating the Browns. But I understand why they're – they should be worried about the Bears right now. Banged up Browns is a good thing. And it's not just reporters that you had on Hogan Johns. Dan Campbell's words proved to be exactly correct. I'm not worried about revenge. I'm worried about that team because they're playing well. Yeah. And Bears kicked their ass. That's right. Robert Lee, $10. Did you guys see with 3.30 to go in the third, they lined up Darnell right on the left side. Um, as a wing, he lined up to the left of Braxton Jones for one play. Anything we could read into that, CHGO, the best. I believe they also took at one point Braxton Jones and put him on the right side. So they did some, they call that an unbalanced line. Um, I'm not saying it's uh, terribly common practice, but you you do see it, you know, once or twice um, 
for and it depends what team you are, obviously. But yes, the Bears did that a couple times in the game, both left and right. Um, and it's just an extra thing for you know defenses to adjust to, and you know it might be a dead giveaway that you're running that way, or you might do something off of it to go the other way. It's just an extra thing to make other teams prepare for. So now the Browns have to worry about it too. What's your grade for Luke Getzey? What's my grade? Mm-hmm. If you had to grade Getzey in the moment on a on a just bouncing off Robert Lee super chat about doing some creative things on the offensive line, what grade are you giving him? Well, specifically to that, or just overall? Overall, or overall? I'm just C minus, C minus. Yeah. Okay. And your biggest flaw, your biggest uh, irritation, disappointment in Getzey is. Uh, how they use fields the first four weeks of the season. Okay, that's very uh, fair. And then after that would be in-game adjustments, although recently that's been somewhat better. Right. I completely agree with the start of the season, and even in-game is, is is fair too. But I, I just would also, you know, when everyone's killing Getze, and I'm not trying to become like huge Luke Getze guy, but just trying to be fair about it, the quarterback has played a lot better as of late. And... They did make a significant shift that should have been done earlier in the year. I, I, I get it, uh, but they have made this shift. So where they're at right now as to how he's coaching Justin and what they're, and what they're getting out of the, the QB, which is his main job, I, it, I just don't think it's as bad as people are trying to underline with Luke. This goes back to Braggs' comment. Carm loves Getsy. Loves Gar- Getsy. Okay. I mean, everybody wants, everybody wants Luke fired. If they actually continue to stay with Justin Fields, you're you're really going to bring in a whole new system? Well, I'm already on the record on that one. If they're keeping Fields, I do not want to see Fields have to learn a new system next year. 100% on board with that one. Right. Okay. So, I mean, you could get rid of him, I suppose, and promote from within and keep the same system, but that doesn't seem likely. Uh, D. Schumach, $27.5. Can the Bears sign a vet to replace Yannick? Robert Quinn is still oh. there. Uh, There's legend. I'd kill for Robert Quinn back here. That'd be amazing just for the one interview. Well, I thought it was retired, but I guess they wanted me, so I figured I'd just show up here and make a little extra money, and maybe I'll get a sack. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I would love. Give me. Give I me. did. I literally, I loved Robert Quinn. <laughs> He's so good. He was. You realize that you just sat out and lost 14000 a day? Yeah, I didn't really even think about the money. I just, do, you you remember, do you remember talking to him at the Super Bowl last year? No one cared less about being there than Robert Quinn. Well, like, well I guess I'm an eagle now, and now I'm here at the Super Bowl. And I mean, They wanted know. me and traded for me, and, you know, I'm <laughs> in the Super Bowl. I don't even know if I'm going to play, but whatever, I'm, you know. Uh, you how know, about Terrell Lewis? He's still available. He signed for five seconds with – that was – no, us included. The amount of Terrell Lewis talk in this town in August, us included, 100%. For a guy who controversial cut, didn't get picked up by anyone. He spent a week and a half on the Saints, I think, in September. Something weird is weird And he's weird still there. available. Something's weird there. I, I'd have no problem. Yeah, his name was in the chat a lot earlier when we were talking about yeah. Ngakwe. That just is amazing to me. It doesn't, That happens a lot. Um, that uh, is a, we're in the building and we know things more than you know watching us. Clearly. Yes. Because he played well. Bear down Omaha, $5. If the Bears trade number one uh, 2024 pick, they can option fields return to use that capital in 2025 to stack another QB if they want to move on from JF1. Love y'all. 
I, I would love if they don't have to use draft capital to acquire another quarterback. We're going like however it plays out, that would be ideal. Don't ha- not having to trade up again for a quarterback would be great. Well, to your scenario here, bear down Omaha. Can you identify another organization like Carolina that is this dysfunctional that would be willing to trade up to the number one pick who's going to absolutely suck and get the quarterback decision wrong again so you can have it again next year? Well, that's not fair because someone's trading up for Caleb Williams if the Bears have the number one pick. If they're not if they're not going to select themselves, someone's trading up. Correct, but I mean you don't have to Yes, the Panthers was I don't know how about the Patriots, uh, you know, Belichick's leaving. Hey, look. Some people think that Caleb Williams is going to step in and be nails from from day 1, but there's others that are questioning. Right. The Raiders were interested, the Texans, it, it, someone was trading up last year whether it wasn't if it was the Panthers or not the Panthers. And it's going to happen again this year just like it happened every other year before that. Teams mortgage their future for quarterbacks. Fine. I'm, I'll stop quibbling about that. Can they find a team whose organization is terrible that somehow they'll find a way to lose I mean, all their games? I did just say the Raiders. I mean, I, what the Bears have done with polls as of late, you traded with the Steelers, not a great idea. You traded with the Panthers, fantastic idea. You traded with the Commanders, really good idea. <laughs> you want to trade with teams that don't know what they're doing. I, I, that, that, that is how I, I, I'm not going to... You know, let, let's not try to be the smartest guy in the room and and try to outfox the, the, the premier organizations in the NFL. Let me deal with the Drek. Hey, Cardinals, what do you got going on over there? Uh, that, that's, you know, just a, that, 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 that is a, a, just a very solid philosophy. When Isaiah Thomas was running the Knicks, let me, say, make, let me make a deal with New York. You want Eddie Curry? Great. Not to go into basketball <laughs> mode. Eddie Curry. You, all right. Uh, B Shep 23, 499. Justin Fields will one day lead the league in touchdowns, win MVP, win the Super Bowl, and win Super Bowl MVP in the same season. I literally had two security guards at the United Center last night screaming at me, telling me that that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just <laughs> the conversation continues. You know, we say a lot of things about brags on this show, but the fact that you have like these relationships with security guards and beer vendors at all the stadiums I want and, they, and they just yell at you about random things. I mean, they don't even yell. They just look at me and shake their head. I'm watching your show. You're not even a Bears fan. I'm like, get out of here with that. Well, you do hate fields. Oh, there it is. Justin, you're my guy. This, this I don't is care what anyone says. This, what does the tweet say? I can't read it. That's it. It says, uh, this is from Greg Braggs Jr. Uh, he says, a list of quarterbacks that the Carm likes more than Justin Fields. Oh, it's, no, he put it on It's the meme of the, uh, of the Browns jersey that has all the names crossed out of all their terrible quarterbacks. Braggs is such it's a good an, tweet a, for he, someone who's sick. This guy is just... Can somebody go to the region and... and, and Park and, for free in his cul-de-sac. And, and, and tie him to a tree. Without his phone for like seven hours. I think that'd be a... Oh, he would lose his mind. Not because he was tied to a tree, but just because he couldn't get to his phone. I, 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 don't, I don't wish that on him. I do. <laughs> um, this Kevin Warren piece you talked about. Yeah. Uh, with Adam Johns. Anything stand out? 
Yeah, I pulled one quote that I thought was phenomenal. Um, Adam Jods, 25 minutes in his office with Kevin Warren. Um, of course, the Bears uh, giving back. And While you look that quote up, here's a couple. I got, I got it. But go ahead. Yep. Okay, go ahead. This was at the end of the article. Kevin Warren, quote, I dream about the day we see this team coming together and handed the Super Bowl trophy. Handing that Super Bowl trophy over to the McCaskey family where our victory parade will be. Now, that didn't just happen by dreaming. You got to put in a lot of work. But that ribbon cutting at the stadium, I mean, I dream about those days. Hosting the Super Bowl here. Winning the Super Bowl here. So, I mean, this is not new, but it was just to, just to hear him. Uh, yeah, what's your problem? This is just, this is not Kevin Warren's fault. I'm very excited about Kevin Warren being here. I understand that's the entire goal here. This is more having to do it. This is Chicago's fault. But do we must lead the country in executives that talk about parades and trophies well, without yeah. any trophies <laughs> and parades? It's unbelievable. You've got White Sox. Well, uh, they do it. The Bulls do it. The Don't talk about the Bulls right now because I'll go into a whole ring of honor right. thing and I'll have a complete meltdown. Oh, Let's I saw that. that. I What was that? The worst thing ever. How can you ever have a thing where you're inducting Michael Jordan and an entire team at the same time? Like, what is this? That ring of honor is the most nauseating <laughs> performance of all time. You, okay, the well, ring of honor starts with three people. Michael Jordan. I, firstly, I would just do it. Jordan, period. Ring of honor. Jordan. And let's let's leave it there for like a decade, and then we can start adding in everybody like else. Like the Michael Jordan ring of honor. Yes, because the, the organization, when it's ever done anything, is because of him, period. But I would, I would, you can do, you can do Michael, Phil, and Scotty, but the problem is they can't do that because if they have that with the ring of honor, none of them are going to show up at the, for the well, ceremony. Yeah. And that sucks. But anyway, here's, here's one more on the war and peace I, to your thing that I think just is a great overall philosophy for any organization that he's trying to bring to the bears. Everyone sometimes thinks quote in business that you have to be stressed to be able to be, to be the best, or it has to be a tense environment. No, I want it to be qualitative. I want it to be competitive. I want it to be fun. So he's not just trying to be this intense dude. That's, that's trying to terrify everybody in there running around, which um, is how one organization was run in town. And they did that by the way, and won three Stanley cups when he was doing it that way. Um, but so he's, I think that's fair. So, so here, here's it. Look, great talking about championships and parade. The the stuff I thought in there that I found most interesting was so he we know it's already been talked about. He met with every employee in the organization over you know the last nine ten months, uh, whatever it's been, um, and. People couldn't see this because the camera just got put on me. But the second the camera got put on me, Carm just did the biggest chug of whatever. In the, I, I know, I noticed that. That's why I looked that way and was told. <laughs> that's what he did. It, how was I supposed to keep talking? That's so distracting. Ugh. I'm so sorry. I I didn't mean to drink my coffee. I should have drank. No, no. This is drinking. <laughs> you, your head was all, <laughs> all the way back there. Because I'm at the end of my cup, and I got to tilt it, and so I tried to do everything I could to get the coffee into my mouth, which is a good move by me. Hashtag go carm. Do you have to pee yet? Yeah, hashtag go pee. It's probably no, I, 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 I don't, and it's 111, and so I'm making progress in my life. Thank you for underlining. All right, let's try again. You can put the camera back on me. 
All right. So he met with all these employees over the course of last year. And I've been wondering myself, like, what what did we gain from this? Like, what what's and there is a couple quotes in there. I encourage you to read it. Adam Johnson's piece in The Athletic. Um, but it, there was one very sincere one, I thought, where he was like, what I learned is that people here want to be respected. Yep. They want to be empowered. I've gotten the sense, and this is partially from talking to a lot of different employees there at many different levels. I mean, you know, way outside of football to inside football to, you know, people we see more regularly. Like, I, there's just this staleness to me that's been at House Hall um, for, for a long time. And I think a lot of people that have been very comfortable just kind of doing the same job over and over again in a great area to live and show up to work and you're working for an NFL franchise and you just get comfortable, right? And that's 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 good probably for quality of life, but maybe not always the best for advancing an organization, um, what, no matter what department we're talking about or area of the organization. So I... I was encouraged by that quote from Kevin Warren. It just because because at the same time, there's probably other people that are like getting in there that are like, well, we need to do this. We got to do this. And they might not feel empowered to do that. And so I so he met with every every employee in the organization and basically said, like, if you were me, what would you do? And he asked everybody to be candid. So I've been very curious to see what the results of that will be. And this is really the first time we've seen any type of movement on that. I imagine that he's kind of waiting for the season to come to a conclusion before really coming in there and and changing a whole bunch. Maybe there have been more changes behind the scenes that we know about. But all this talk, I want to see, you know, what the actual changes are or what the actual differences are, even if there aren't massive changes. And um, that I thought was interesting just to hear that part from Kevin. Well, and I think we can all relate to this. If you've been in a job for a long time and somebody new comes in and is now the head of the situation, you are going to step up your performance because you want to impress the person who's there because self-preservation, you don't want to get fired. Um, And so for some people, I'm sure in the organization who maybe were looking at some people around that thinking you're way too comfortable doing what you do all the time, which is probably nothing, uh, Hopefully you're going to step up your game. And so Kevin's, you know, I'm sure one of the reasons why he's in there is trying to bring out the best of everybody around there and figure out who's going to be here and who's not going to be here. Yeah. It's interesting that he is very, that it's how slow he's gone about this. I mean, at least outside perception is it's that it's slow. Well, it's been methodical. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. And then he also had this more interesting than maybe meaningful, but he had this big dinner uh, before the bears played the, Vikings a couple weeks ago, he still has his house up there in the Minnesota area. And so there was this big dinner of 70 people, um, Bears executives, Minnesota executives, just a lot of people he knew, a lot of different, you know, sounds like a fun dinner. And Carm wasn't invited. Kevin and I have a very good relationship. We've never really spoken one-on-one, but whenever he sees me, he I get a nod. I remember you talking, you got a head nod. Get a, maybe I've a got, fist I've, pound I've gotten a point. fist pound. Yeah. Same Congrats. thing with Justin. Cool. Y'all should know this. I'm in there. You might have been in the past. Yeah, that's, well, I should still be. Justin's got, Justin knows. Justin's my guy. He knows who not to trust. Okay. (laughs) Hey, uh, get fitted out. (laughs) 
in the best sports gear around, hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. That's all the stuff that FOCO has. FOCO's great. Uh, what, no matter what type of season it is, maybe it's basketball season, maybe it's baseball season, maybe it's football season, whatever it is, they got what you need for a game. Hats, shirts, polos, bags. They also have donated a bunch of pieces here to our set. Please go show them some love in return. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Last thing I want to discuss here, uh, we got a couple more Super Chats. Um, in advance of Baldy coming on today, we thought Baldy was going to be on today. And he had, if you're just missing it, um, he had some travel uh, arrangements that got moved around. So he did not join us today. But he was at the 49er Seahawks game on Sunday and was blown away by Brock Purdy. There's been a lot of Brock Purdy talk these last couple of days. MVP favorite at this point. Um, and, you know, we're dealing with Bears games on Sundays. I feel like the 49ers have not been on national television as much as they should be for as good as they are. I don't know if I'm right or wrong about that. I just don't feel like I've seen a lot of 49ers football this year for whatever reason. So with Baldy coming on, I popped on the film from the game Sunday against the Seahawks. And I got to say, man, this MVP talk is legitimate. He, he's... He's fucking good. Yeah. He throws with anticipation. He improvises. There's there's a couple plays in this game against the Seahawks where he's got an open inter intermediate route open, like right there, staring him in the face. And instead, oh, I got Debo over the top, so I'm just going to go for the touchdown and hits him in stride. And apparently Debo said something after the game, like I didn't even think that ball was coming to me, so I wasn't even running hard. Like, he... Brock Purdy, the accuracy, the ball placement, the way he's running that offense, yes, it's a perfect system. Yes, he's got a lot of talent around him, but you still got to give him the props for what he's doing. It is legitimate. Now, why am I bringing this up? And why are you bringing it up? It, Especially at 116. Yeah, I know. I'm down. Let's. <laughs> I want to hear. I think there's a reason. Well, I... Stick with me here, guys, because in by no means am I trying to make this a Brock Purdy versus Justin Fields thing. What I am saying is for all the great things Brock Purdy does, and this is the thing I've been trying to get to in your head too, Justin Fields does things that nobody else does. He's got an unbelievable skill to get vertical that no one in the league, I would even argue Lamar Jackson has. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay. I'm with you. So where I'm going with this is what does this have to do with the impending quarterback decision that's coming up this offseason. What I think we're sometimes ignoring in this conversation is just what is your personal preference for quarterbacks? Because, and I don't know that we know the answer to that. Because Ryan Poles was in Kansas City for Alex Smith. He was in Kansas City for Patrick Mahomes. And then he comes here and he inherits Justin Fields. But, Sort of the unknown in all this is what is your personal flavor of quarterback? Because if if you would prefer someone like Brock Purdy, who's just sort of the facilitator, but is doing it at a very high level, who might not have the highest end traits, but you want that ball out faster. You want the timing better. The things that Justin doesn't do perfect. Well, then you're probably going to move on. But if you're 
content with all these elite traits that Justin has and forces defenses to prepare for every single week, which is something I keep bringing up every week. The Browns are doing it this week. What are they worried about? They're worried about Justin Fields. How many times you turn on film and you see a linebacker just stuck with his eyes on number one when the ball's over here because he handed it off? It's a real thing. So it all comes down to what is your personal preference for a quarterback? And that is a huge part of this decision that we don't necessarily know. But they could turn on the tape. You can be like, you know what? I want a 6'4 guy who's got mobility, but it's going to throw it all over the field. Well, maybe that's Drake May. Maybe um, uh, J.J. McCarthy is the closest thing to Brock Purdy that's in this draft. He might be. There's a lot of similarities to what he's doing in that Michigan offense to what Brock Purdy's doing uh, in San Francisco. And maybe that's just what you want. Look, I, I think you're trying to complicate it just a little bit too much here. I, I disagree. I think I think these GMs fall in love with their guys because of their I, perf- personal preferences and their personal flavor preferences. I, sure. I'm not. I'm. I. I agree. You. You like what you like, and you're. You're. You're drawn to that, and you might. And 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 it could very much inform your decision, even in a situation like this, when you have a guy who is proving to be at bare minimum somebody who you can win with. I think Justin has proven that you can win with Justin Fields. Is he going to be the reason you win? We're not there yet. Even I would think the most diehard Fields people who are watching the show or listening to the show would agree with that. But you certainly can win with them. Now, am I going to look at somebody that, that plays exactly quarterback the way I want him to play, and I'm going to and I'm going to project that this guy is going to be a stud? I know it, and it's not going to be popular, and I'm going to do it anyway because that's my job. I'm trading Justin, like Sam Darnold, for a second, a fourth, and a sixth. Granted, by the way, they were. That was a trade with Carolina, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. So I maybe I would like to think you can get more, but again, that was a trade with the Panthers. So I don't. You're you're to your point, Hogue. If there is somebody that 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 polls absolutely loves and thinks he's a transformational guy, then maybe they will move, will move on with Justin. And that's where I've just been with the point of: Do you trust Ryan Poles to do this? Because this is as big of a decision as you can possibly have as a general manager and polls is doing this in going into his third year. It's a, it's a hell of a spot for him, man. He is going to either make or break himself. I want to address this, this comment here um, from Rekha uh, Hogue. I think you forget about who is calling the plays. Brock Purdy is not what he is now with Getze. Um, First of all, no shit. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is is the best offensive coach there is in the league right now. Okay, so n- nobody's the same. But the only the only the only and, and honestly, yeah, Justin Fields probably would be better off in the 49ers. Like, no, that's not the point. That's not the point. The point the 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 point is, in fact, the only reason why that's relevant at all, who the play caller is, who the offense coordinator is, is the system, and that's kind of actually what I'm getting at right now. So if you're if you're system requires all these timing routes to be perfect and and that's really the biggest focus that's not him then that is not Justin Fields at all so that so that again gets back to the question of like here's yes if Justin Fields by the way if Justin Fields is in San Francisco there Kyle Shanahan's running different stuff 
because he would not be throwing with the same anticipation, the same timing that Brock Purdy is. But I guarantee you, Kyle Shanahan wouldn't come out the first four weeks of the season and ask him to stand like a statue in the pocket either. You know, he'd be running way different stuff to be using the quarterback on the move. Which is why... Which is the point I'm getting at. What is the style you want to play? This is not a who's better or or, or anything. It's the part of the conversation I think too many people are just forgetting is who are the coaches, who are the front office guys, what do they want to do schematically in their head? Which is why we try to read between the lines of everything they say. Yeah. And they've, and they've been taking these like sort of subtle digs at fields for a long time. Well, he, you know, he didn't get the ball out uh, against the Vikings and, and, and he needs to do this. He needs to involve the comments coming out from Eberflus to this the awful complimentary to Justin. So maybe he's winning him over. Like who that? It, but that's also why all that stuff showed up on the broadcast of that Chargers game, which is like, well, they want him to get the ball out faster. Right. Well, that's exactly why. It's not even so much of a, like, Bajan's better than Fields because of that. No, it's it was what they want to do, how they picture. You got to understand these coaches are very, uh, what's the word, just like, they want to run, run what they want to run. They all have their system. They've spent their entire careers building this system, and they have their opportunity here to do it at the highest level. And if the guy with the ball in his hands isn't doing it, and I'm sorry, like, it's so hard to have these conversations because I love Fields. I love the, I love all the stuff he does over here that's outstanding. But all you have to do is watch five plays of Purdy and five plays of Fields when it comes to step-step throw versus step-step throw. And in the NFL, that's that hesitation is is huge. Doesn't mean it can't be successful, but you have to have the right co- the right coordinator, the right coaching staff, the right front office support to run something where that's going to work. And by the way, I still think Fields can get better at it. And there was a huge anticipatory throw in that game that I've talked about this week, but it's just not to that same level. So it's about taking the good and putting your offense with the good so it all works. And that's where it comes into personal preference. And I just feel like that's the part of the conversation that we're not spending enough time talking about. You know, what I just got out of your last foray there is that if you want to move forward with Justin, you believe everything you said there, not like I would rather I would rather move forward with developing this guy because I believe in his talent. I believe you can win with him. I believe in what I've seen and I know he's headed in the right direction. I want to do this. I do think that you Along with that, you would also think, I also need to get somebody who really isn't a committed to a system coach who is very skilled at getting the very best out of his players. Like, I, I, that he, I've seen him win with a pocket passer. I've seen him win the other way, which is why, by the way, that Jim Harbaugh is so damn appealing to the Bears, but that is a pipe dream that I don't think has any chance of happening. But, so. All right, um... We can sit. I love it. Let's yeah. go until three today. No. Lawrence. I have to record something uh, in four minutes. Oh. Well, then let's get out of here. Our fantasy fuel up's coming up. You're talking to our guy? Yeah. yeah we got Little Ray? Fan- we got fancy stuff to, to record. So we do have to go. Um, Stephen Haynes says, does Poles need to decide on his head coach next season before deciding on his quarterback? Five pounds sterling. I would hope so. That would be the order. Or, Yes. 
I mean, I, well, you whatever. You got to make sure that's a line. Whichever chicken or egg you figure out first. Uh, Steven Hale, four ninety nine. First super chat with you guys. Seems like we are focused on head coach and offensive OC, but we still need a DC. Who would be your pick for DC? Thanks, Steven. I, I was actually thinking about this. You lose the flus, you lose your head coach and your defensive coordinator? No, he's saying that in the offseason they have to hire a defense coordinator. I just leave Flus there. Well, he's still you you could still have Flus call the plays, but you're still probably gonna promote someone to DC. Snow. Th- th- thank you. Why did it take fifteen seconds for you? I, t- I put this was the worst alley oop of all time. I put the ball up for you ten seconds ago and I thought you were gonna go snow, snow, snow. Let it snow. Oh the defense was frightful. <laughs> Okay, we'll get the the, the full, the, the that's full song. That's will, pretty good. The the full song will be released at it. Or it was a, you got to start it with like the, yes, I don't know. The defense wasn't frightful. It was well, frightful it was it was looking frightful. It, yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, so, but I, I, honestly though, maybe Phil Snow gets promoted. To oh DC. gosh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say that you know we put that second poll question up. Would you be happy if Flus was the Bears coach next season? And we're 65-35 to yes. There it is. Do I not know this fan base? That was pretty good. That was said pretty 62. Good. You know, you and this fan base are like this. You're always on the same page. It's unbelievable yeah. how much this fan base loves me. Absolutely. I have never been closer to a group of people than this fan base. Uh, thanks for all the supers. Thanks for all the likes. Uh, real quick, Bears Shit. injury report is out for the day. I've seen better ones. Jaquan Brisker limited with a groin injury after 17 tackles. Not necessarily worried about that one, but worth noting. Um, here's a big one. DJ Moore did not practice because of his ankle injury. Oof. Um, it goes back to that. I'm telling you, that was like that was Gator roll ish. That tackle on the sideline by Jack Campbell. Um, Moore fought through it in the second half. You could tell he wasn't quite 100. percent even watching on film, you can just tell he just didn't have the same explosiveness. Um, so DMP, hopefully they can get that thing right with all the right treatment by Sunday. But there it is. Uh, fun show. I enjoyed it very, very much. And we will be back tomorrow. Missing Bragg's formation? I don't know. We got to figure that out. Do I go to Hallis? And maybe we should do a poll on that. No. But uh, come on, I'll let you, uh, Robert Friel's got some decent lyrics to maybe kickstart your song. I don't know. The Bears defense was frightful, and the, the Bears, Bears were, were not delightful. When you lose your DC, let it snow, let it snow, let it fill snow. Have a great day. Y'all silly like the mayor. 